0: Okay we will do uh, chapter 11 Birth of Sri Narsima Saraswati So we are doing the new guru uh, This The previous avatar was different one Now this avatar is a different one So this chapter describes the advent of Sri Narsimha Saraswati He was born as a son to Amba in Karanjapuri As per the promise made to her by the previous life of Sri Sri Valla At birth he could chant the Omkar He was otherwise dumb till the Upanayana was performed. After Upanayana, he burst into a recital of Vedic mantras and begins to glow with knowledge and wisdom. In an earlier chapter, it has been said how Shripat Srivallava blessed the destitute woman, Ambika, advising her to observe Shani Pradoshvrata and worship Maheshwara. Ambika had prayed to him, at least in her last birth, she should have a son like him. Shripat Srivallava told her that her desire would be fulfilled as she faithfully observed Shani Vrata and wins the grace of Maheshwara. Siddha Yogi narrated to Narsima Saraswati what happened to Amba Ambika in her next birth. As per Sri Vallabh's advice, Ambika strictly observed the Vrata till her death. In her next birth, Ambika was born in a Brahmin family in Karanjanagar, a town near Akola in the former state of Berar. She was named by the parents as Ambabhavani. When she came to age, she was married to a young man named Madhav was very pious and deeply devoted to Lord Shiva. Both of them used to observe Shani Pradoshvata regularly. A few years late after the marriage, a boy was born to Amba in A.D. 1458. During her pregnancy, she was having divine visions and experience. Her mind was always dwelling on holy ideas and auspicious thoughts. There was a divine lustre spreading over her body and also radiating forth from her face. And on one auspicious day, a son was born to her. Strangely, instead of the normal crying, Pranavanada, the chant of Omkara, was emanating from the mouth of the infant. The wise men of the village said that astrologically the boy was going to be a Mahapurusha and a great savior of the world. He had all the auspicious signs or insignia of God himself. On the tenth day, the boy was named as Narahari. His eyes bespoke of omniscience and his face seemed to reflect all the wisdom of the world. The infant was an attraction for all the people of the town. Narhari's mother did not seem to have sufficient breast milk to nurse the child. She expressed this to her husband and suggested that he should purchase a cow to provide milk for the child. The child seemed to have heard it and touched with the tiny hands the nipple of the breast of the mother. Lo, the breasts were full of milk. The infant was manifesting many divine miracles. Nevertheless, the child seemed to be dumb. Except the pranavanada that emanated from the lips at the time of the birth, the child never uttered any sound. The parent was afraid and were worried that the child would be dumb forever. The mother used to weep saying, are we not destined to enjoy the prattle of the child? The child used to however make little gestures which seemed to indicate that after his thread ceremony he would be quite normal in speech. Yet the parents were not relieved of their anxiety. To assure and comfort them, Narahari once took hold of an iron piece lying in the house, and though his mere and through his mere touch changed it into gold. So he was also a Parasmani, basically something that can change metal into gold. When Narahari was seven years old, his thread ceremony was performed, and to the wonder of all, the miracle of miracles happened. All the assembled Brahmins were amazed to see the dumb Narahari chanting Vedic mantras. The joy of the parents knew no bounds and they shed profuse tears of joy. The mother asked Narahari to beg alms according to the tradition of the third ceremony. Narahari said, Mother, can I now take it that I have your permission to take to Sanyasa which I very much desire? You asked me to beg alms. That implies, you have sanctioned my heart's desire to take as an ascetic's life. Isn't this the same thing that happens in most of the sages' lives? Where even Shankaracharya, he cons his mother into letting him go. Same thing with Ramakrishna Paramahansa, he also has to go to Calcutta to look after his brother's, you know, brother was the priest over there. And there was a toll, toll is a small school that he used to run, so he has to go over there and take care of it and chaitanya mahaprabhu also the same thing happens whereas Ramanda maharshi he ran away from home he just wrote one in his uh, in his uh, book you know <laughs> what do you call that in his notebook of his school he wrote one lengthy letter to his father closed the book went and just sat in one train and the next day he was in he was standing you know uh, if you uh, if you know the story he was standing in the uh, in the corridor and looking at the mountain over there the, there was a mountain over there and the t- ticket collector comes and asks him he says do you have any money? or do you have any ticket? he says no I don't have any ticket so where are you supposed to go? he says I don't know where you are supposed to go so he says this is a place called uh, Aruna, uh, what is that place? Anunachal, Tirunamalai so he says this is You do, uh, do you want to get off over here? he says uh, I don't know where I am supposed to get off but since you are telling me I can get off here itself and he gets off at that place and from there he walks down to this place there is that Arunachalashwara temple over there of Shivji you know so he goes right up to the temple at that time there was no uh, you know not much of this. there were no roads as such like we have today so he goes to that place and then he finds this particular cave where he takes shelter that's that Virupaksha cave if you ever go over there you will be able to see So he sits in the cave for a very, 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 very long time. And that is how, like, everybody wants permission, see. Without permission, you can't go. (laughs) So you have to get a written permission. And today, maybe you will have to take a legal permission also. (laughs) Otherwise, you can't go anywhere. You have to write down legally. So (laughs) So, that is how he does. So he tells his mother, See now you have given me permission, from your own mouth only you said go and ask bhiksha. So this is a a way of putting it across that see you are asking me to go and change myself in this material world into what is called as a a saint, a sage basically. So that was the break point. So the mother was aghast at the words of Narhari. What she only meant was that he should ask for bhiksha of the vatu from the mother as a mere formality. It's basically like a mere formality, you know, what you are supposed to do is just go around with that, you know, that stick over there with that and you have to ask, say, bhikshahande, bhikshahande, you have to ask your own relatives only. Most of the relatives will be willing to give you little, but next time you go and ask them outside, no, they will ask you who you are. Okay, for that ceremony they have removed some money and kept aside. But if you go after that and if you ask them, they may not even give you one rupee. So, uh, you have to understand it is only for the purpose of that ceremony that they would be interested in doing something. So, for that Vatu from the mother, it was a mere formality as per the tradition of the third ceremony. She broke down into tears and pleaded as to how he could think of forsaking her and the home, taking to an ascetic life. He was her only child and the only hope. She pleaded that all should follow the ashrama dharma and should take sannyas only after going through the householder's life that is Ghrasthashram. And that alone should be the proper way. So after doing Ghrasthashram, then you are free to go to? Manaprasthashram. Manaprasthashram. Or basically, uh, they can take care. It's like what they say, no? That uh, in ancient times they would say that uh, once you get married, Then you have uh, two children. One or two children. Actually two children at that time. Now today you can't even think of two children. You can think of one child. (laughs) And after that you are supposed to live with your wife like a a brother and sister. Oh my god that's terrible. Okay and after that you are supposed to go. So here the idea is till the time the wife has to be taken care of. The child has to be taken care of. You are supposed to be there. After that you can say tata bye bye and you can go. Basic idea is. You are not supposed to go anywhere. Today there is nowhere to go and search for a God anywhere. There is no God outside of us. It's only inside of us. So we just have to be where we are. And the ashram dharma doesn't exist because there are no ashramas. Okay. Because the concept of ashram was not to make money. It was not to uh, make something like, uh, you know, make you into panditjis or something like that. But it became like that. So today the idea about ashram dharma doesn't exist as like you are trying to find God. Where are you going to find God in any ashram? I don't know. Maybe he is there. Maybe he is not there. Who knows? So, so, she says, you should follow the ashram dharma and then take sannyasa only after going through the householder's life which is grass ashram. And that alone would be the proper way. One should not skip one's responsibilities. Nobody is supposed to skip one's responsibilities, duties and obligations. So you cannot skip your duties and obligations. See, everybody has duties. Everybody has obligations. Obligations are there in the world, whether to your parents or to your mother, to your father, to your brother, sister, whatever. Like in in the last avatar of his, what was the, what is it that his mother and father say? You first take care of your brothers, isn't it? So he cures them, he gives them proper life, and then he walks away from there. So basically the idea is, there are certain responsibilities, there are certain duties that they have to fulfill. So what are the duties? Normally the duties are that till your child grows up, till they, they reach the age of earning for themselves, they can take care of the people around them, you can go. That is the idea. Alright? So one should not skip one's responsibilities, duties and obligation. She was inconsolable. Narari said, Mother, understand me and see the truth. Now it's always a big matter of convic- you know convincing. Convincing is the worst part in anybody's life. Let me tell you this much: you try telling somebody that you know you are going to join an ashram or you are trying to become a sannyasi. I think about it. The the moment you say something, you know, like you know, I am I am becoming spiritual. I want to join the spiritual class. The first thing that you say, why? But you tell them I am joining a yoga class, it is perfectly fine. You know what? Yoga means you can uh, tomorrow just do exercises at home. But you tell them that I am joining this spiritual class where they are going to teach about the self and God and this and that. Oh, you are becoming a sannyasi. You are running away from house. You are becoming this, you are doing that. Oh my God, you know your whole life is going to become miserable to the core. And this happens to everybody incidentally. No, nobody is sacrosanct, you know, nobody can get away with this. It's, it's literally like committing murder. You are, you are telling them, I am going to join spiritual classes. <laughs> so there is no way out of it, okay? So after that, you have to actually go through the amount of blackmail that you are going to go through. You cannot even imagine. And it is not only in your life, it was there in everybody's life. Okay? Everybody's life is, if you take Rakhal's case, Rakhal was Swami Brahmananda, the first president of the Ramakrishna Mission. The moment he said, I want to join Ramakrishna Paramahansa, okay, you are becoming a sannyasi, you are doing this, you are doing that. He is uneducated. What he is going to teach you? He can't teach you anything. You are a Brahmin, you are this, you are that. And then to tie him down, what did they do? They got him married. So that, agar bivi hai toh he bhaakke jayega? Mala gale mein uska fanda laggya na, abhi gaya vaha But what happened? What was due, <laughs> what happened, happened. He just went away and joined uh, Ram Ji's mission. And he became the son. The son, basically what you mean by son is, uh, you know, guru putra. And he used to sit. On the, on the legs of Ramakrishna Paramahansa and Ramakrishna Ji used to feed him. Uh, even though he is a grown up man, still Ramakrishna Ji used to love doing that. He used to do the same with Swami Vivekananda as well. Nobody left, nobody left by the way. Everybody was where, there where they were in Calcutta itself. Yes, later on they formed that ashram concept and all that. They, they made the mission and all. That's a different story. When true renunciation comes into the person, then they don't want to be with anybody. The true renunciation is that where you are only focused about the divine. Because all your material worldly jobs that you think that you are doing do not, you know, do not give you a good taste in your mouth. Because at the end of the day, what is going to happen? Somebody is going to say something nice, somebody is going to say something bad. And at both the times, what happens? You you may like what the person is saying sometimes, or you may hate the person right from the bottom of the heart. Why? Because it's the same thing. Like tomorrow, your child will say, you know, like uh, children will say, oh, I want to become an artist. I want to become a film actor. Oh, okay. I mean, think about it, your, your son or your daughter comes and he says, I want to become a film actor or an actress. You can't think in terms of engineer, doctor, these, that. I mean, in ancient times, they would say engineer, doctor. Today, they will say, okay, you want to become a computer expert and this and that, maybe write apps, God knows. Make millions and billions. Like, see this fellow, huh? Bill Gates. You have to become another Bill Gates. I want to become Rajini Khan, sir. I want to become Amitabh Bachchan. I want to become Amir Khan. Then what are you going to do? So... <laughs> So today the the needs may be different, but think about it, tomorrow the child comes and says, No, I want to become Swami (laughs) Vivekananda. Finished. The whole story ends over there. So we'll take him out of that school and we'll send him to a better school. Jaisakhi, school is going to turn that person. That person is already injected with that virus, okay? See, you saw him, no? What, What happened to Narasimha Saraswati? He was injected with the virus even before birth. So the moment he started, instead of crying like that, he started om like that. <laughs> he started singing omkara. And after some years, when his Upananda ceremony was there, that Janevo was there. At that time he started spouting Ved Shastras, and you know, Vedas and all those mantras and all that. So everybody was aghast. So it is already there in your system. Whether there is anybody, whether mother, father, brother, sister, you name it, anybody, wife or whatever, or husband, it still doesn't make a difference because you are already infected. Okay? It's like, a, it's like a cold virus. You try removing that cold virus, it's going to keep on coming back every one month, two months. There are no choices. Alright? So this is like that. So the spiritual part... If you are a part of the circle, you may be even gone fishing, okay? You have gone fishing, still does not matter. Okay? Babaji is going to come and he says, okay, you, you drop your fishing nets and you come with me, come on. So what do you do? <laughs> so you have to walk. <laughs> so you have to walk with me. At the end of the day, you don't have choices, isn't it? Everybody thinks they have choices. Even the father, mother, brother, sister, husband, wife, sabko lagta hai, unke paat choices both. You should have done this. Sir, if that was so simple, I would not be here just now. So everything is like a perfect plan. You know, the plan is only performing its action. Dar 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 everything falls in place. So here also is the same thing. Nasima Saraswati. Okay, Narasimha Saraswati is why is he involved? Because he is already into it. What did we say? In the last life he had done everything. Now forget about him. Look at his mother. His mother used to do the Sani Pradosh vrata in her last life. So in this life she continues with it. So there is no such thing as you know that There is a we have to start all over again. No, where you left from there only, you have to continue. So, you know, uh, the in our world, there is nothing like oh, I have joined only today. Okay, there is no only today. You have joined from your last and your last and your last life. (laughs) Okay, yours today only is part two, part three continuing. What to do? Remember, now part 1, part 2, part 3, where they left the Transformer or whatever movie that is there, they will continue from there. So now next part of the story will start from this life. So you really think, you know, ki, oh, what is it? it's something new that is happening, nothing new. Nothing new. Okay. It so happens that already the hook is there. And you are a fish. And you are anyway going and eating it. gaya me there are no choices in our world. <laughs> so everything is pre-plan. So coming back to this, Narhari said she was inconsolable. Narhari said, “Mother, understand and see the truth saying thus he placed his right palm on her head. As soon as he did this, the memory of the previous life was revived. She remembered the boon Vallabh had given her. She understood then it was the Divine Shripa Srivalla who was born to her as her son now. As she had prayed to him in the former life, she realized it would not be possible to hold back the Divine Being in the confines of her home for long. But nevertheless, she pleaded with him, whom she now realized as none else but the illustrious Dathatrya, to stay in the home for at least a few more years. Thus ends the 11th chapter of Shri Guru Charitra, Describing Sri Patsri Valla's reincarnation and the new incarnations, childhood. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent, and the ever-responsive Sri Guru Nath. Okay. We will do this one more chapter and then we will end. So we are doing chapter 12. This is Narhari taking to Sanyasa. This is chapter 12 from the Guru Charitra. In this chapter, Narhari, Amba's Gave spiritual instructions to his mother. He blessed her that she would have two more sons within a year and one more son and a daughter later. After the birth of the two sons, that is twins, Narhari leaves for Kashi. He was hardly nine years old at that time. At Kashi, he took initiation into Sanyasa Ashram from Krishna Saraswati and took the name of Narsimha Saraswati. After that, he went to Badrikashram and visited many holy places. So initiation is very very important. Siddha Yogi continued the narration. Narhari explained to his mother the higher philosophy of life. She had tried to tell him earlier that one should not skip the responsibilities of the household. One should pass through the prescribed stages of life in sequential order. And ashrama dharma. Is there any problem? You, you can't hear is it? You can hear no? Okay. After grahastha ashrama only, which mellows man, his senses have been appeased should one take to one prastha or sannyas and not before that Narhari revealed to his mother that he was not a normal mortal being who had to necessarily go through all the stages of life everyone has their own adhikana, adhikara and one has to decide for himself his course of life using his discrimination properly now, this is a very tough line to understand so let me put it to you simply like this everybody thinks that they have a control over you because it is about possession only everybody thinks that they possess you whether it is mother, father, brother, sister, husband, wife whoever that is there in the world or a children also they think that they possess you because of the designation that you have the designations are what? son or daughter or whatever right? or it is husband or wife whatever the designation that you are having in your world again it so happens that many a times these designations or these things become literally like a burden to the person why does it become a burden to the person? because you are already on the path of renunciation you are already on the path of discrimination and dispassion and detachment and these things are going to be eating your life like nobody's business you know how tough it is to actually go through these phases it's extremely tough extremely tough, I know because I'm sure, you know, you are going through certain phases in your own world you will find that it is extremely tough to face this kind of a thing where everybody keeps on saying, I own you, I own you, I own you there is no ownership in this world, let me put it to you you can't own anything in this world, okay what happens is, the moment the ownership is expressed you are today owned by the Divine So your husband or your wife is God only. Nobody else. So where is the question of somebody else owning you? Right? You don't have, nobody has the choice over there. But the answer doesn't lie over there. The answer lies that the decisions are yours. Nobody else is. Nobody is required to take these decisions. Many a times like people will say, I am going to threaten you. You cannot do this to me. What do you mean by threaten you? What do you mean by you cannot do this to me? So many a times people will, you know, what are the threats? If you do this, I will commit suicide. If you do this, I will not eat food. If you do this, what? You will find that there are so many threats in your world. And these are nothing but emotional blackmail that happens. And emotional blackmail is a part and parcel of life. Let me put it this way to you. Whether it's your mother, father, brother, anybody in this world Emotional blackmail is a part and parcel of your life Nobody in the world will tell you no. No, you should do what pleases you You're not running away. Are you running away? No, you're not running away. Are you doing something which is going to be detrimental to anybody's life? No way you are not doing anything that is going to be detrimental. You are just accepting a path The path is divine And in the divine path, you are supposed to follow a particular rituals or rites or whatever that that is required. Do you think you are running away from anybody's responsibility? As a father or as a brother, as a mother or whatever, you are not running away from anywhere. No. The only difference lies in this. Till that day, till the day, you thought it is your responsibility, you took the responsibility. But the day you come into spiritual, you know that there is nobody who is responsible in this world. Only God is the one who takes care of us. He is going to take care of my life. He is going to take care of wife's life or husband's life. He is going to take care of the child's life. So who are we to say? The problem which happens with every individual is we are afraid. The fear factor is the one which grips us tremendously. What is going to happen? Who is going to feed them? Sir till today are you not fed? Of course. Till today your parents, your brother, sister, mother, wife, anybody have they not been fed? Of course they have been fed. In the future do you think you are going to become like Somalia or Uganda or one of those countries you know Nothing like that is going to happen. They are not going to go around with one, uh, one harmonium in the, in the market. Sorry sir, that is only Hindi movies. Real life nothing like that happens. You, if you really want to see how what this is, you will yourself come to know that even if the person dies, the other person lives on. There are no choices. The other person who, the one person leaves and the other person is still there. Isn't that person alive and happy in the world? If the husband goes away, you think the wife will be unhappy? Yeah, she may be unhappy for a few days, you know. My <laughs> My servant is gone. So, my driver is gone. My servant is gone. Okay, I have to look for a new servant. <laughs> But that is it. After a few days, nothing is wrong, sir. Everything is back to normal. The person gathers the life and everything goes back to normal. But our fear, what is our fear? If I die, what will happen? If I go away like this, what will happen? Nothing is going to happen. People will cry for one day, two day, three day. After that, tears dry up and then they are basically looking at Policy maybe policy and bank account, you should have transferred the bank account in my name. No? Now see, I have to go to the bank manager and I have to request him. And then you have to search for him. So better what you do. That is the reason why. Now you will understand why I am saying this. That is the reason why you don't have any ownership of anything. So, if you have a car in your name, get it transferred. Ah, uh, If somebody asks you, why are you transferring the car and the bank account? No, no, no. It is for safety's sake. Tomorrow, see, something may happen. Uh, what? What to do? And you may turn the table and see, see, koi ek mardh sakta hai us may se, kya karega know, ko taklif no? Uske liye joint kareenge sab. So <laughs> this is how it is. You, since nothing is owned by you, it is always better to be free. So you don't own anything. You are a kaki baba. You are just going around with your hands in the air. You see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he always has hands like this in the air. I don't have anything. See, look at me. I am going free with my hands like that. Okay. So he will wear only one dhoti and go. So I am not asking you to go anywhere. I am just saying, leave this thing which is called ownership of things. The moment you give up ownership of things, I don't own anything in this world. You are free. You are free. First thing, don't own anything. If you have a husband or a wife, please ask them, in, please get it transferred in your name. Why is it that you don't want to take it? You don't want to take it away from where to take it. If you are a big artist and all that, to prenuptial agreement, don't you? That's what you want to do. But we don't have George Clooney or anything else. We are simple people, no George Clooney, ah, no Angelina Jolie, ah, when, when I say Angelina Jolie, I think of you know, Jolie Jolie, that is Malayali. So <coughs> oh, no, ah, think about it, so in our world we don't have headaches, simple transfers, no headaches, everything is perfect, I am there, I am not going anywhere, see I am very much here. Okay. I am the Kamdenu in your world. So I will provide for you. Don't worry about it. Kamdenu. I am going to provide for you. And only thing is I am writing and giving you everything. So the only thing you have to write and give me I need time for my spiritual. Sign the dotted line. Nobody is going to object to you. Let me tell you this much. So here also it's the same thing. In a practical world also, it's the same thing. You provide for food, you provide for money for everybody and take care of the household properly. Can they not spare half an hour or one hour for your life? Of course, you should be free to sit for the satsang, isn't it? So you have to know this. What? For giving 23 hours, one hour I can spend for myself. No. What? So, understand this. One hour is I think today more than enough. This kind of thing where you feel completely burdened because of the pressures of the society and the people around you is because of possessions, because of desires. Desires are going to cause misery to you. misery to the core. So become desireless, don't have any possessions. I'm not telling you or oh, the Raste pe sab है, है so, you have to be free from all liabilities and responsibilities this way. You are supposed to do only certain jobs, certain duties. Do those duties. Nobody is asking you to run away anywhere. You are not going to wear orange clothes you're not going to wear white clothes from tomorrow no yeah hmm. style karne ke liye white clothes dal sakta hai Lekin, orange log dalne vale so you're going to wear nice fancy clothes tomorrow you can go to Costco and buy something or maybe you can go, <laughs> go to you know what Armani and buy an Armani suit also so who says you can't do that See the idea is something like that. (laughs) I'm just asking for one Armani suit. That's it. Nothing beyond that. So it is like that. So though I'm making a joke out of it, but understand this. This is the truth, nobody today unnecessarily people will put you in trouble thinking that you are doing something wrong. Giving one hour or spending some time thinking about God is not a big thing. We can do it in our regular life and we should be able to do it, alright? So we will continue. One should set his mind on the goal of life and strive to achieve it from the early stages of life. Because who knows when he will be snatched away by death. See, this is a very beautiful line. Losing this life without realization of God will be the greatest tragedy of the man. The mother realized that the spiritual fire raging in the son cannot be smothered and that the motherly love and attachment should not be led to hold him back on the quest of the infinite. However, she pleaded with him to stay at home for at least a few more years till she had another child. Narhari agreed to it and that she would have four more children, three sons and one daughter. A year later, Amba Bhavani had twins, two sons and were born to her. And then she yielded to let Narhari leave the home. While bidding farewell, touched by the tears of the parents, Narhari said, Whatever you think of me and want of me with you, whatever I, wherever I may be, you will have my darshan. Darshan doesn't mean he's going to appear over there. It means that you think about me and I shall be there. Just like Shankaracharya said to his mother. He told them again that they would have no one more son and also a daughter. Today you don't have to go to uh, Kashi, Banaras and all those places. There is no need. You can be at home. Nobody is asking you to run away anywhere. Okay. With these consoling words to the parents, young Narhari, who was hardly in the ninth year at that time, left his home and set out on the spiritual quest. The entire village bade a fair, uh, tearful farewell, just as it happened in Krishna and Balrama. When they left Vrindavan for Mathura, Narhari came to Varanasi, a spiritual center of Bharat. Every day after taking the bath in the sacred waters of the Ganga, he used to worship Kashi Vishweshwara three times a day. At Kashi he came in contact with Sri Krishna Saraswati a highly advanced yogi and a fully realized soul Narhari requested Sri Krishna Saraswati to initiate him into sannyasa ashram Sri Krishna Saraswati was pleased at the devotion the austere disciple discipline and earnestness of Narhari and much more so with the intellectual brilliance and scriptural knowledge Krishna Saraswati recognized in him a future savant of the spiritual culture of this country and especially one who was going to glorify the supremacy of the Ashram again, as was earlier done by Sri Adi Shankaracharya of Kaladi. He was immensely happy to have Narhari as his disciple and to initiate him into Sannyasa. Narhari was given by him the new name, Narsimha Saraswati. Nam interrupted Siddha Yogi and asked why Narhari, God incarnate himself, needs a guru and why should he go through the formality of initiation? Siddha Muni said, Guru is the link between God and the embodied being. Even though the later may have been a divine incarnation, Sri Ram had Vasishtar Rishi as Guru and Sri Krishna had Sandipani Rishi as the Guru. So this is very important. Whether you are God incarnate also, you might have come from the heaven directly, direct train, Sida. Lakin fir bhi udar koi na koi mangta hai na training So this Guru is very important. He is the one link between the Divine and you. So that is the reason why the intermediary is so very important. He gave a glorious account of the Guru Parampara originating with Lord Shankara himself. Shankara, Vishnu, Brahma, Vashishta, Shakti, Parashar, Vyas, Sukha, Gaurapada, Govindacharya, Shankara, Bhagavata, This Thus flows the glorious Guru Parampara, Sarasuddha Yogi. All these are Gurus. You will find that Shankara himself is the Guru. Vishnu, he has been a guru, Brahmaji has been a guru, Muni has been a guru, Shakti, Parashara, Vyas Muni, Sukadev, Gaudapada, Govindacharya, Shankara. These the last three names that we said, you know, are the lineage of Shankaracharya himself, Bhakvadapada. Thus flows the glorious Guru Parampara. Siddha Yogi explained that for spreading true knowledge of the enlightened and welfare for all. These are the reasons why the Guru takes birth. One is to spread the knowledge, the true knowledge, That is, they show the path towards the divine for enlightenment and welfare for all. Sri Narsimha Saraswati conducted a number of Jnani by discoursing and giving sermons, giving from, going from place to place around Varanasi. Hundreds of people were guided on the spiritual path by him. A number of them became his disciples. From Varanasi, Narsima Saraswati went to Badrikashram forest with his disciples. There he moved from place to place and arrived at Ganga Sagar near Calcutta. Travelling along the banks of the holy river, he reached pra- Prayaga, that is Sriveni, the holy confluence of the whole sacred rivers Ganga, Yamuna, and the Saraswati. He initiated one Madhav Saraswati into Sannyasa at the holy Prayaga. Thus ends the 12th chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing the glorious Guru Parampara that nourished and sustained the perennial flow of spiritual wisdom, that is Nyan Ganga, in the holy and the blessed land of Bharat. Glory be to all merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Guru Nath. So we have just finished the chapter over here.